We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sanders gets it left side. Big room and a touchdown for Sanders. His second. Throws to the end zone. Touchdown. Adam Thielen makes the catch. Throws over the middle. It's caught by the former Raven. Hayden Hurst reaches for the goal line. In for the touchdown. Deep one. End zone. Caught. Touchdown. DJ Chark, the over-the-shoulder grab. And now Brady under pressure, and he's brought down. Back at the 27-yard line by Brian Burns. And it's picked. J.C. Horn. Panthers have it, and will score. It's taken into the end zone by Jeremy Chin. Bryce Young, off-play action. Deep ball into the end zone. Oh, what a throw on the money for the touchdown. All right, friends, welcome back into another edition of the Roar Podcast. It's powered by Blue Wire. Good to be with you. John Ellis is my name. Giving you a little update on Panthers training camp, the very latest, not only from Wofford, but the latest from FanFest. Came to you live uh, from FanFest on Wednesday night uh, with our friends at 99.7 The Fox. And good to be back with you to give you uh, my observations so far on your Carolina Panthers, what we've seen live every single day inside the ropes at Wofford College, the steamy heat that is Wofford, as well as what we saw, as I mentioned on Wednesday night, a very festive day in Charlotte, a very festive evening, full crowd, uh, as by fan fest standards at least, and it was a great night to be a Panthers fan and someone who covers the team. So I want to give you uh, just a few areas that I see for this team right now of growth and some areas that might be overblown in terms of the positives or negatives. And then a few things to look out for is we're going to get on cut days not too far down the future here. You've got the Jets coming to town next week to practice against these Panthers. That's going to be fascinating to see how uh, Aaron Rodgers meshes with Bryce Young, the very uh, talented rookie from Alabama who has shown flashes. Let's start with Bryce Young. A lot's been made about the interceptions. Okay, That's what's going on right now in terms of his game. You're going to see occasional mistakes, occasional misreads in the passing game. What I'm seeing is a quarterback who's in command. And this is something that Bradley Bozeman, the veteran center, talked about at FanFest, is the fact that Bryce Young has been in command in the huddle. He's been a guy who can be relied upon when it's time to go you line up in the huddle you call the play 
I think Bozeman said something to the effect of, guys, shut up. <laughs> guys know how to be quiet and yield to the quarterback. That's a very good sign if you're the Panthers right now and you're looking at it from that perspective. See, right now in this part of training camp, it's hard to gather too much information. And what I mean by that is this. So much of what we're seeing right now, with the exception of the past couple of practices, have been non-full padded, seven-on-seven, pitch and catch. You don't get a true sense of the running game. You don't get a true sense of the blocking schemes. And out of respect to the team's wishes, we don't give away too much information on schemes. That's not to anybody's benefit. What I will say is this. I've said it from day one. The preseason games will always tell a story. You'll get some tape in from those. I get a handle on those every single year. And I get an opportunity to share some cuts with you guys on some of the preseason reps. Now, how much will Bryce Young play next week against the Jets? We don't know. We do know they have a very capable backup in Andy Dalton. We'll get to him in a minute. And I've got some strong thoughts on Andy Dalton we'll get to based on what we've seen. But it's not time to overreact. It's certainly not time to go the opposite way and say, ha, well, you know, none of it matters. It all matters. But to which degree, to what degree, to how many degrees does it matter? That's the real question here if you're a Carolina Panthers fan and if you're an analyst covering this team. Bryce has developed quite a rapport with DJ Chark. That's been impressive. You've seen the reports. If you're not at camp, uh, you've seen them from afar. If you're at camp, you know what I'm talking about. Chark has come into this camp with a mission. He's clearly, I, I don't want to say ticked off, but he's motivated by the fact that the injuries have been a bit of an issue. He's had a hard time staying healthy. But when he is healthy, I come back to a couple of plays on tape we looked at last year. Number one, right up the seam against Carolina when he took the top off the defense. And Jared Goff found him on that minus 20-degree day on Christmas Eve. At least the wind chill was that. And the, they were playing on a parking lot, according to Dan Campbell. It was a rough day for Detroit. But DJ Chark made the most of his opportunities. There was also a play that I'll distinctly remember. A, a boundary shot very similar to the ones we've seen so far in camp. Where he's on the boundary, on the X side, and he's matched up against Darius Slay. This is week one of last season at Detroit. Slay, one of the better cover corners in the league. Chark takes him to the outside, gets the leverage, and then gets the ball at the high point, brings it down for a touchdown against one of the better corners in the league. The guy can do it. The guy's done it year after year when he's healthy. So I think what you've got to keep in mind, Chark, again, it, it's early on, but there is really no, quote, number one here. I don't know if that's by design. Frank Reich, I think, comes from a tree that includes Doug Peterson, which also includes Andy Reid. You see this a lot with these coaches. It's not necessarily by committee, but it is an idea of, okay, triangle reads, hit the middle of the field, also take your boundary shots. We need a collection of weapons that can work together, and you never know who's going to get the ball. So as we go through the skill positions, the, the, the first and last word on Bryce Young is I heard Bill Polian talking about this yesterday on Sirius XM Radio. And Bill Polian, the former GM of this team, of course, drafted Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Uh, Polian was famous 
for uh, noting that uh, Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions his rookie season. And Polian, look, say what you will about his evaluation of Lamar Jackson, which was off the mark. He was not alone in that. I'll say this about what Polian has said and what I truly believe about this quarterback in unison with Polian's opinion. He has the mental, psychological makeup to go the distance as a rookie. There will be mistakes. Make no mistake about it. There will be hiccups. There will be times where Bryce Young misreads a coverage. There will be times where communication will break down. I think a little bit of what Bryce will suffer from in the beginning, it doesn't appear to be tipped balls. A lot's been made about his height. We have not seen that yet. We have not seen that ability for defensive ends and defensive tackles and even his own linemen to interfere with his windows because he creates a lot of his own windows. He does a great job creating spacing for himself. These receivers, I'm going to get to them in a minute, are doing a great job of working with him not only on the scramble drill stuff, but also within the structure of the offense, finding their spacing within the structure of this passing game. Bryce is going to be fine. I think the more you watch him, the more you get used to the fact that a a rookie is going to make occasional mistakes. Hell, last couple of years, the veterans on this roster were throwing interceptions on a daily basis in camp, whether it was Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. What they were not doing, for the most part, was showing the ability to bounce back. I mean, there was a session a couple of days ago in Wofford where Bryce had three touchdowns in the red zone. Again, make of it what you will. But a couple, once again, to number 17, DJ Chark. One of them was to Ian Thomas. We'll cover the wide receivers in a minute. I want to get to the tight end group. Several weeks ago, Mike Kay from the Charlotte Observer wrote a piece about Tommy Trimble. And again, we're paraphrasing here some of the quotes. But Trimble, in not so many words, said that this regime is putting a greater emphasis on the passing game for the tight end than we have seen since we've been here. And when you get NFL-grade coaching, when you're looking at NFL-grade assistant coaching at the position, you're looking at NFL-grade concepts, you're going to be all-inclusive with your offensive structure. And that goes right down to the tight end position, a position that Frank Reich clearly wants to highlight in the passing game. So that's been encouraging to see all three of them. Hell, four if you include Stephen Sullivan. But all three of your primary options at tight end, starting with Hayden Hurst, get to him in a minute, Tommy Trimble, and, of course, Ian Thomas, who's been here for a minute, all three have been making plays in camp in the passing game. Of course, each will have a responsibility in the run game. Each can do some inline blocking. We know Trimble, the famous quote, when I had Greg Cosell on this very podcast with Billy Marshall, said from his tape at Notre Dame, he'll melt your face mask when it comes to his blocking. Still one of my favorite quotes of all time, by the way. And I think it's true. He has the ability to be an inline blocker and be that guy, but he also has untapped athleticism in the passing game that we have yet to see. And let's just face it, under the last regime, it was not a point of emphasis. So many things were not a point of emphasis. It was feel... It felt very much like we're holding on for dear life under the last regime, trying to figure it out as you go. And it's one of the expressions we'll use, FIO, figure it out. When I heard him use that expression with Teddy Bridgewater early on, 
Teddy's uh, a guy that uh, he's an FIO quarterback. Figure it out. I said, oh boy, <laughs> boy. I had a few NFL old heads and scouts tell me, yeah, not what you want to be hearing from your coach. But again, God bless. Best of luck out there in Nebraska. It's a new day, and you can see by the tight end play, by the deployment, by the structure of the play calls, by the fact that the, the, the designs of the play, without being too specific, once again, because it does no favors to the fans, nor the team, nor the personnel, nor the coaches, to give out too much information. But it was apparent the last couple of days when they went 11-on-11 in pads, some of the things you're seeing offensively are tremendous in terms of spacing, crossing, being able to work routes in unison, and being able to have a quarterback in young, and not only young, I'll get to Dalton in a second, who can anticipate and throw with a tremendous sense of accuracy and confidence. His confidence is unwavering. And there's been a little more of a vocal presence from Bryce Young lately, but what you've seen early on here from Young is the ability to connect, to develop relationships. And that comes from more than just, you know, high five and slapping guys on the back and just doing all the intangibles. It comes from connecting in practice. So I'd say right now the tight end group, Hurst, has been exceptional so far. Everything you'd want him to be. And this is what you imagine, at least I did, when they brought in Hurst. A guy who was a relatively low-volume target guy with Cincinnati. He had some moments in Atlanta. He had some moments in Baltimore. But you think about the structure of what they do in Cincinnati last year. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. A lot of mouths to feed in that offense. When Hurst caught that pass in the wildcard game at Buffalo, that showed me something. And it was more than that, too, on tape. You go back and look at some of the great plays he made. He will lay out. He will, And even in camp, he's done this. He will lay out and give it his all on every single rep. And I think it's been highly encouraging to watch number 81 Hayden Hurst, who's back home in a way, former Gamecock, great, back home in the Carolinas playing at a high level. Go to the wide receiver group. Let's kind of go down the depth chart here as I imagine it. Again, there's really no true number one, but if you want to look at it from this perspective in terms of target share right now, Chark is getting the majority of the looks on the downfield stuff. Okay. He's been tremendous. I don't think too many balls have hit the ground when they've gone to Chark, even on the stuff that's the 50-50 balls, 30-plus yards down the field. Last night at FanFest, caught another one down the boundary. Incredible catch. So I love the addition of Chark. I liked it at the time. I'm loving it more now that he's continuing to maintain good health, and he's also catching everything thrown his way. He is a true vertical threat with that size, with that speed. It's something they've been lacking here for a while. You cannot replace what DJ Moore did here with one player. But you can have a a collection, a group of players who can backfill the production and give you some variety. And that leads me to another guy like Adam Thielen, who I don't want to say he's had a quiet camp. He's going to be just fine. He's caught 30 touchdowns the last three years. But one thing Thielen has done... It's one thing we imagine, too. Red zone, he's going to be there for you. His alignments are going to be tight. So very rarely are you going to see Thielen split out all the way to the boundary. Tight splits, crossers. Think about that. He caught a deep over last night from Dalton. Dalton, by the way, has been very good. 
He's been very good at practice. For what they've asked him to do, for what practice represents right now, he has been quite good so far in his role. I'm going to make a very bold statement. Some would consider it a hot take. He's not going to challenge Young for the starting position. We're past that, okay? That was never a question. Although some tried to make it into one, there was never a question. What he is, to me, at least in my view, he is better right now with the combination of the offense being run and the way he's playing in camp and producing in camp. He is a better player at the position than what they've had since Newton back in 2019, early on, before he got hurt. I'm dead serious about that. I'd take him over Bridgewater. I'd take him over uh, Sam Darnold, even though Darnold ended last year very strong. Take him over, of course, Baker Mayfield for what he showed. Guys like Kyle Allen that were sort of stopgaps did an admirable job, but Dalton has been there. He's been through the ringer. He had some good numbers last year. And even though the last game of the year against Carolina was not pretty, he played well throughout the season. And I still think besides Young, Young to me is the best quarterback they've had on this roster since Prime Newton. He hasn't taken a snap yet, I understand that. But you look for traits, you look for projection. Dalton can be very good if Young were to go down, and we hope that doesn't happen if you're in the Carolina camp. But if that were to happen, I don't think Dalton sees the field unless there's an injury. I think Frank understands it's a day one proposition with Bryce Young. You don't yank him in. You don't pull him in and out. No matter how bad it gets early on, and I don't expect it to be bad, and I'll tell you in a minute why, it won't be catastrophically bad. At worst, it'll be a bit of a struggle bus, and we'll talk about why it will probably avoid catastrophe status. But Dalton has been everything they have asked him to be. Corral has had some good snaps. He's got some good zip on the ball. We don't want to ignore him either. And he's going to get some good reps here in the preseason games coming up, starting with the Jets game next week. The rest of the receiver group, Terrace Marshall, the forgotten man. He reminded folks at FanFest, hey, I'm still around, 88. Uh, TMJ is still here. Had some nice catches. Dalton hit him on a back shoulder. Early on at uh, FanFest, it looked really, really in sync and really good. And these are guys that have not worked together very long. Marshall came on last year. If you look at percentage of first down receptions, meaning, okay, of all the receptions you have in your bucket, how many are conversions for first downs? Marshall was a top 10 player down the stretch last year. And you go back and look at the tape, it's not a shock because a lot of his catches were third and seven, second and eight. First and ten, uh, you know, third and five. Ability to find the sticks, grab the ball, even in that Seattle game, to grab it between your legs <laughs> and come down with it. Marshall's made some big plays here. And down the stretch, you can remember once every game, big number 88 was making a big play in some capacity. And that's, again, the value of Steve Wilkes coming in, who the Panthers fans should always tip a hat to in terms of what he did to turn this culture and the structure of playing time for some of these young guys around. A lot of that was Wilkes saying, you know what, it's time to give Marshall and other guys more reps. And once they did, they showed they could do it. Now, what is Terrace? He's a guy that we talked again with Greg Cosell about early on in the draft process. After they took him, he played every position in Joe Brady's scheme at LSU. Played inside in the slot. Played the boundary X. Played the Z. And so he can give you a lot in terms of what he does. 
at the receiver position. He's not just a guy who can put outside, throw nine routes. He's a crafty route runner, good blocker. He's improved in that area. And I think that's great. Mingo continues to be a work in progress, but I love what I see so far. Uh, Billy Marshall's uh, you know, draft crush, one of them, it was, was John Mingo. And you're going to get, I, I think, the, the typical rookie growing pains with him, but he fits into the same mold that we've seen with so many guys that come from Ole Miss, including DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. My comp continues to be Anquan Bolden. Now, production, we'll see. But in terms of body type, body composition, playing style, the ability to run the routes the right way, Mingo is a high-level prospect that can do all the right things for you. Uh, Shai Smith had some good plays at FanFest, and I still like Shai. He's been working with the punt return group, along with Saunders. Uh, And I I think I've seen Josh Van in there, too. Van is undrafted from the Gamecocks. I like his game a lot, big number 87. Now, is there enough on this roster to facilitate a spot for him? I don't know. I think he might be a practice squad guy if they like him enough. So far, he's made plays. And the big wild card has been LaVisca Chenault Jr. I'm keeping him if I'm Carolina. And I'm, I'm growing increasingly convinced that he will have a spot on this roster. Some would say, hey, he could be a late cut. He could be a bubble guy. You, you can find ways to manufacture production from Chenault, who is not a typical boundary X guy, but who cares? He's a playmaker. You get him the ball in space. We saw it at FanFest uh, on Wednesday night. Without giving away too much, there was a, a route, I believe it was Van on the boundary, who ran a bit of a slant stop, and it was a bit of a natural rub, and it was legal, it was clean, and Chenault gave a little hesitation step and then wheeled it to the outside on the boundary. And, of course, Bryce Young, being the, the recognition quarterback he is, anticipatory as always, saw it, spotted it, Hit him on a beautiful nine route down the boundary. Chenault was open for miles. We posted it on our timeline at one Panther place. It was one of the more electric plays there of camp. So, Chenault, you find him a home. Now, do you put him in the backfield? We saw early on in camp some backfield touches for him. People started freaking out and saying, well, he's going to be a running back. I don't think they move his position designation. And Frank, I think, along with Thomas Brown, Josh McCown, and others who orchestrate this offense, uh, Sean Jefferson, who's been working uh, closely with Chenault, he's been working out with the receiver group. He's not been working out with the running back room. And We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What I noticed last night in, in full 11-on-11s is the idea that when you're Bryce Young and you're going to be patient in your reads and your progressions, you need an outlet. And and Chenault, to me, is that guy you can stick on the boundary as a sit-route type of player. He's also a second-reaction type of scramble-drill player who can move with you. He is very keen to that type of movement. And I think Chenault can give Young a, a really good second option. So let's just say a play last night where Young has gone through progression one, two, three, and boom, by virtue of the coverage, by virtue of the routes carrying the coverage vertically, Chenault's sitting there in a void on the boundary on a little sit route. Dump it to him. And what he does there is he turns into that running back type in terms of the body you know, control that he has, the contact balance, where he can get you an extra 15, 20 yards after the catch. He's a damn good football player. And position be damned. I don't, I don't care what you designate him as. He is a wide receiver, and they're extending his responsibility in the route tree a lot this year. You're seeing a lot more in terms of diversification of routes for Chenault than you did last year. I think last year, McAdoo rule brought him in and said, hey, let's just, you know, we'll do the orbit motion, we'll throw the bubbles, and we'll see what he can get. And it worked. Now think about what you can do with a guy like that if you get him a little more sophisticated and teach him up and coach him up. That has been such the big, big part of what we've seen here at camp is the teaching. It's almost overwhelming. It's too much to document because it happens fast, but everything is so smooth. It's so autopiloted, if you will. There's no nonsense, no wasted parts of these practices. Big fan of Chenault, and I think he finds a home on this roster, and he gives you... Like I said, is it one or two plays a game where Young needs that outlet? He gives you that. Uh, the running back room, look, Chuba Hubbard's been getting extensive touches. When they go to 11-on-11, 11 11, they're full pads. You can see the run game. There are more zone-blocking concepts than maybe last year. That fits into Miles Sanders' game, uh, as well as Chuba Hubbard, who is a very elusive runner and can really hit the hole with that one-cut-and-go type of mentality, one of the struggles he had early in his career, I think, and maybe he enhances this, was number one, his hands, number two, contact balance, he would tackle himself sometimes a little too much. And that's an old expression, doesn't mean he's fallen over on his face, but you like to see that. And another guy, number three, Raheem Blackshear, who I still think can make this roster based on the fact that he can catch the football, another valuable asset. For Bryce Young. Listen, the more you can do to catch the football in this offense, the better you're going to be. There's no question about it. And I think that's the key cog to all this is finding guys who can catch the ball. The offensive line, look, it's not a big mystery here. Chandler Zavala uh, is, is still nursing an injury. That right guard spot is an open competition until Austin Corbett comes back into the fold. That's not expected to happen right away. If somebody plays well enough, whether it's Cade Mays, who's in there right now, who we love, by the way, you know how we feel about Cade Mays, whether Zavala gets healthy and gets back into the mix, 
they're much better on the offensive line this year just based on depth, based on the fact that Mays had playing time last year. That's of value right now because they're relying on him to start week one if all looks the same as it does now in a few weeks. That's high value that he got those snaps last year. We've talked about Cam Irving as a swing tackle. That's a good move to bring him back. Again, as a starter, maybe not your best option, but a guy who has started a lot to be your sixth O-lineman in these jumbo packages. Now, how much of that will Frank run? I don't know. That was a McAdoo staple that goes back to the McCarthy days. It's all about power running and that the Wilkes wanted to emphasize beefing up front. Frank likes the running game too now. Don't get me wrong. Frank will run the ball. He relies on it. He had Jonathan Taylor for years in Indy. He comes from an offense uh, when he played football in Buffalo that had Thurman Thomas. Even though they ran the K-gun and everything was about tempo, 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 they had Thurman there as a perennial 1,000-yard rusher. So tempo to me, I don't know if they're going to be K-gunning it. You could see some up-tempo stuff with Young. We haven't seen that too much yet. That'll be fascinating in the preseason to see how they operate the tempo of this offense. Do they try to go up a little bit? I think with confidence comes a little bit of freedom from which to do that. Move to the defensive side of the ball. The big news, of course, was Deion Jones, the former Falcons uh, all-pro linebacker, was signed to the Panthers. He's sporting number 53, a familiar number if you're a Brian Burns fan. Burns number zero now. And there, there is a sort of a thought there that you bring another veteran interior linebacker right there in that base 34 beside Shaq, you now have the freedom to move Luvu outside. I just go back to the fact that, look, the 3-4 thing, it's a big deal. But it's a hybrid still. It's not truly a 3-4 in so many ways. It's a lot like what we've seen in years past. And so much of what they're going to run will be sub package, nickel, dime. We'll get to Jeremy Chin's role in that in a minute. So while we think, okay, a 3-4 means Luvu's going to be rushing from the outside all the time, you're not. if you're in a 3-4 base, the idea is not to rush the passer, it's to set the edge. Burns has sized up a little bit. He's bulked up a little bit. They've got good guys on the line to play that 3-4 alignment, whether it's Derek Brown at end, whether you've got Shy Tuttle at nose, Deshaun Williams at the other end position. And it's going to be a combination if it's not Luvu on the outside. Luvu on on 3-4 type of uh, alignments in base could rotate with Deion Jones there. And and Big Luvu is going to shoot the gap more than he is run the edge with bend in pass rushing situations. But he led the league, I believe, he was close to the top of the league in tackles for loss last season because he knows how to shoot the gap with timing and integrity. So you don't want to take him too far away from that inside position where he does that so well. It's all hybrid-based. You look at like a nickel situation. If you're in a base nickel, and again, there's lots of variations of nickel, but let's say you're four down line. To me, it looks something like this. You've got um, Burns on edge. You've got uh, Brown at three tech or, or somewhere inside, maybe against shaded against the nose. Three tech, you could use YGM. I thought Gross Matos was great in sub package at three tech. And he can do that if you know you're in sort of a true passing third and seven plus situation. And then on the boundary, 
uh, on, not the boundary, but the other edge position, uh, Luvu makes sense there to run. Marquise Haynes, who's been a little dinged up at camp, makes sense as well, too, on the edge. So it will be a little bit by committee. So, what, John, why would you not put YGM on the edge? You could. I'm just saying of all the edge guys who could run that NASCAR type of package in a, in a nickel front, YGM, one of the few areas that he excelled in, I thought, aside from occasionally the run game, was shooting the gap in pass rush situations from the inside. We've seen guys like Mario Addison in the past do this as well. Barno has looked good too. And I'm curious to see that. DJ Johnson, the jury's still out. It's too early to tell. Let's see some preseason tape and figure that out. But the linebacking core, we know what Shaq can do. Uh, obviously, it's going to be interesting to see Deion Jones, his deployment as well. The secondary, C.J. Henderson has had a very good camp. He's been a little dinged up. You want to see him healthy. It's great to see Horn and Jackson together. Still, everything's looking good so far. All systems go. You want to keep them both healthy as long as you can together because that impacts your secondary and your front end in a lot of ways. I mean, there's no perfect world here. You can't always keep everybody together every single game. But if you can keep them together for the most part, that's a big-time deal. And then when you look at the secondary, okay, the first thing I would look at is the safety position of Xavier Woods, who can do everything at the free safety position. Von Bell, your thumper at strong safety. Where does that leave Chen? Well, he was asked about it at FanFest, and... His answer in not so many words were, you know, like nickel, dime, whatever. I don't want to put myself in a box. And I think that's wise because it's all multiple. Playmaking ability is what he brings. It's not about, okay, he's a strong safety, he's a linebacker, he's a nickel. They're going to run big nickel, okay? There's no question about it. That's the most ill-kept secret in the world. That with what they want to do with the tight end involvement with their schedule with the kind of tight ends they're going to be facing. Chin can cover those tight ends. He can cover those backs on the routes uh, that you see, the little uh, swing routes and, and even some screen game stuff. He can diagnose and key in on that. And you want him down in the box where he can shoot the gap occasionally and make plays. That's where you want a guy like Jeremy Chin. You don't want him 25, 30 yards deep hovering midfield. That's not utilization to its prime. Special teams will keep an eye on the return game. Again, it looks like it's a combination of guys out there, Saunders, Shai Smith, um, you know, Van, I think, has returned some punts. It's too early to tell who it will be. And uh, once again, in the in the special teams department overall, Chris Tabor runs a tight unit, and you got to feel good about the fact that Pinheiro finished the year strong with a game-winning field goal after what he went through last year in Atlanta. He finished the season tremendous. They have a high degree of confidence in this guy, and I think he has a higher degree of confidence in himself than he did this time last year. Hecker is an all-world punter. He's one of the best punters of all time. It's a great weapon. Sam Franklin gives you that ability. I saw Amari Barno at Gunner at camp. People are saying, oh, here we go again, Brian Burns. I don't see it that way. He's a guy who's going to get limited snaps anyway on defense. If he can give you that at his size, use him. Use his athleticism. Doesn't mean he's going to get the spot. But it's such an important few days coming up here as we come to you live on a Thursday here, a very rainy, cool Thursday in the upstate. The Hall of Fame game is tonight. You've got practices coming up all weekend long for the Panthers back at Wofford. And then, of course, you got the Jets, the Aaron Rodgers machine, hard knocks coming to town. 
We probably won't see a lot of Aaron Rodgers tonight in the Hall of Fame game, if at all. Probably not going to see him in the Panthers preseason game. But certainly you'll see him doing some reps, going through the motions in joint practices next week. For much more, stay tuned here to the Roar Podcast. I'm John Ellis. We got you covered live here from Wofford all weekend long into next week. Another pod coming up either late this weekend or early next week to preview the big practice against the New York Jets. We'll see you next time right here on Blue Wire. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.